Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and I'm delighted to be joined by a fan from one of this season's Scottish Cup finalists. The problem is, I just don't know which one. In the blue corner, our very own Greg Browning, St Johnson superfan, but part-time Ivy and party Thistle supporter. In the black and white corner, a doyen of Scottish football and increasingly becoming St Mirren's second most famous football fan. That's David McDonald from Pine Bovril. How's it going, guys? Yeah, very well, well thank thanks. You. Did you like my intro? Very well prepared. Thank you. That's, that's about the most preparation I've ever done for a podcast. Uh, so, yeah, it would be remiss of us not to have a Scottish football podcast this weekend with the two Scottish Cup semi-finals coming up at the weekend. And, of course, it pits both your teams against each other. St Mirren be St Johnson on Sunday. And I guess that's probably going to dominate the podcast this week, Greg. Well, it will do, yeah. I think we'll both have lots to say about Sunday's match. Um, but we're going to have a good chat about United v Hibs as well um, and they're two really intriguing matches actually I'm looking forward to watching both of them but obviously very excited about Sunday's match and it's a brilliant opportunity for both teams to get to a final it really is Yeah it's a great opportunity for all four teams really um, and I suppose I kind of prepared a quiz question which I was going to ask later but I think I'll throw it in just now can either of you tell me how many Scottish Cup wins the four semi-finals have between them you get one guess each um, one, two, three, four, five, eight, seven. David wins it. It's actually nine. Oh, three three for shows, Hibs. doesn't it? Experience shows. Well done, <laughs> three, three for Hibs, three for St. Mirren, two for the United, and just a one for St. Johnson. So obviously, that number will rise to ten um, by the end of May. Uh, we'll just wait and see who is going to add to the total. Uh, so this week, yep, dominated by the Scottish Cup semi-finals. There's no Premiership matches. We're now into the, the playoffs in the World Leagues, which we will touch on as well. And I'm sure you guys will be lining up to have a kick at Falkirk, who spectacularly, I was going to swear there, blew it, shall we say, <laughs> um, on Tuesday night. I think the they shot the bed. Is usually the term. Yeah, that's probably scenario. that's probably cleaner than what I was going to say. To be honest, <laughs> but um, we'll come on to that shortly. Before we do, Greg, you said to me just before the podcast there that the, the stars aligned last weekend for us, particularly on the podcast and on your channel, and I couldn't think of a better way to say it, so I just nicked what you said to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did. It was a, such a good weekend last weekend. I think off the back of a really good and solid April, uh, we delivered what thirty-one points in April. So to start the 1st of May turned out to be, over the weekend, like a 32-point profit. It was just incredible. Um, obviously, we had the super nap and the nap on Saturday. Uh, Hamilton to get four corners at, at St Mirren, which came in after, what, 18 minutes? Uh, surprisingly, there was no more corners, actually, for Hamilton. Who okay. cares? Four corners in the game, <laughs> and they got four in 18 minutes. That was in uh, Ross County, John O'Beck at 11-8. to eight. And I guess the main one was obviously the 14 to 1 double that yeah. was shared on the channel on Monday um, for St. Mirren to win, sorry, for Hamilton to win and for Ross County to win. And was that, that a, was driven by the fact that. Was that a Freudian slip there, St. Mirren to win? I know. Must be, uh, <laughs> He's just teasing subconsciously <laughs> thinking that. <laughs> and there were uh, two sides who had Scottish Cup yeah. games to look forward to, and, and both sides involved, um, Hamilton and Ross County, really had to win in terms of keeping their 
status in the league alive. So that landed at 14 to 1, which is a really great winner for the channel. And I think it, w- it went off 8 to 1. So 14s into 8s. And again, it just shows the importance of getting bets up early and not waiting until Saturday to get your bets on. Yeah, and even yourself, David, you have you tied up the title with uh, who is it you do the yeah. Well, I think we're about 500 quid ahead of them now. Uh, we had a win last, I always say we, I had a win last uh, <laughs> last Saturday as well. I uh, had uh, Dundee to get a couple of goals on the Friday night, which was always a bit risky, but I did fancy them because, again, you, at this time of the season, you've got to pick your teams that have got real something to, to go for, haven't you? And uh, So I was with Greg as well. I backed, did that cardinal sin of betting against own team, I backed Hamilton to get some corners and also to score in Paisley on Saturday, which they duly did. Um, and then Motherwell v Kelly, I backed for corners and some goals. So, yeah, nice wee 11 to 1 winner for me. It put me, I think we are £200 up. That's on a £10 stake uh, this season, which Brilliant. for me is good. good going, especially when Knights would be as on like minus 300 or something. <laughs> so, he's selling his liver and everything at the moment. He just can't. <laughs> He's going to have to pull out a first goal scorer treble this weekend to turn that around. (laughs) Pretty much. He's fast running out of time, which is quite amusing. That's good. Well done. That's uh, pretty impressive figures for the season, to be honest. Uh, I'd be proud of that. Oh, absolutely. In the black, that's that's all I want to That's all we can ask for, Uh, indeed. Yeah, it's kind of, I feel quite nervous. Nobody really pays much attention to my tips, but you're still putting out on Twitter in front of 80,000 people. You don't want it to fall on its face so um, so it's always nice uh, when, when one comes in Yep so no pressure on you on this particular betting podcast but uh, we'll look forward to hear what you've got to say over the course of the next 20 minutes or so uh, We're going to get started guys with the first semi-final of the weekend which is the United v Hibs that's on Saturday at 4 Hibs 45 to win in the 90 minutes then the United 10 to 3 to win in the 90 minutes I guess the United's win at Pataudry, um pretty convincing 3 a win is probably as much a warning that Hibs Need uh, ahead of this game on Saturday, David. I think you don't need anyone on a bit of hibs at hand in day. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> I mean, hibs. I, I think that price is a shocker, to be honest with you. But um, I think, yeah, the hibs have got to go off favourites, absolutely. But I'm not sure to that extent. Uh, I think United missing Seagrest is a really big blow to them, to, to be yep. fair. Um, I think hibs have beaten them. Uh, twice in one draw this season uh, so of course they'll go off favourites but I think in a cup semi-final you know anything can happen and does happen quite regularly so I think this one isn't quite as, as cut and dried as the bookies have got it uh, priced Yeah Greg I think we we were quite keen on Hibs at hand in the last time weren't we um, given the, the big pitch we thought might suit them and um, didn't really work out that way. Well, probably not. No, I think the four to five is 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 very short. So there are a few angles to look at for this game. Um, I, I agree with Dev. Four to five is a terrible price, and Hibs fans must be absolutely panicking that when Hibs go four to five, it does not bode well. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have Hibs uh, Hibs that, as the saying goes, uh, odds odds on in a big match? Um, I definitely couldn't be taking Hibs at 4-5. to five. The problem they've got is they're playing on the United side who are having a bit of a roller coaster season. Um, it's not been pretty on the eye. They, To be fair, they've done well to stay in the league, as in they've competed very well this season. Ultimately, with a championship squad from last year, 
So I think Mickey Mellon can be really pleased with how things have gone this season. But they went to Aberdeen and completely stunned everyone. There's not a single person in the country that thought United would go there and win 3 0. Simple as that. But they've got a front three to be wary of Shanklin, McNulty, and Clark. And on their day, if they're, if they're playing at their best, they'll cause anyone problems. So 10 to 3 for United and 4 to 5 for Hibs. Um, I don't like the price of, of Hibs. And I'm not confident enough to, to put a wee wager on United at that price. Um, this game could go anyway, but there's quite a few angles for me in terms of the corner markets for this match. So I think Hibs this season for us on the channel as such have been very good to us. They really have. Um, they are the league's third best side for collecting corners uh, behind Celtic and Rangers. And they don't concede that many. Um, looking back through their last eight games, they've hit six or more now in each of their last eight matches. Sorry. Eight, matches. eight six, nine, seven, six, six and six. So him, some pretty steady numbers, to be fair. Um, and the United side, who are actually bottom of the corner table in terms of corners for. They're only just hitting above four corners a game. In contrast, though, Dungeon United have the worst corners conceded record in the league, um, conceding just over six and a half corners a game. So I think there's a, possibly a couple of nice angles in this match. Unfortunately, at the time of recording this podcast on what Wednesday evening, the bookies being the bookies still haven't bothered their arse to pick up prices yet. So we're still waiting on corner markets coming out. Uh, but I do like the, le- the look of Hibs team corners in this game. But what I'm not sure of is what sort of price we'll get for this. Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> if it's four corners that we're looking at around about the even money mark, then you'll be all over it. But they might just push it out to five based on those stats that you've just quoted. Yeah, I, f- I fully expect, to be fair, I expect Hibs to be six or more, to be fair. I think right. we might be very lucky to get even four to six or five Hibs corners, given what they're hitting and their clear favourites. But to win the corner count, though, is a different story. And we may get a decent price on them just to hit most corners. A couple of interesting points on that market, actually. Hibs have won the corner count in each of their last eight games. All right. and that's probably no surprise, given the fact they are hitting what six and a half, seven corners a game. And in contrast to that, Dundee United have lost eight of the last eight games on the corner count. So definitely, I think, mileage there on two markets. One would be Hibs team corners and one would be Hibs um, to win the match corner count. Yeah, that was quite a good angle. David, did you found any angles in this game? Yeah, I had a look at corners as well. Actually, I noted that when they the two teams have played each other three times. There's been there was ten, ten, and fifteen uh, corners in the in the meetings between the two teams uh, this season. And uh, again, as Greg's pointed out, Hibs a bit of a corner machine, especially on the road. Actually, they get more away from home than they do at Easter Road. Um, so yeah, I quite like that, and I also like um, I like Jamie Robson uh, of Dundee United to be carded. He's Plays left back, obviously he comes up against Martin Boyle. He's been booked in two of the three games against Hibs this season. And I also noted that uh, Bobby Madden, I think, is ref in this one. He's booked Jamie Robson both times that he's ref um, Dundee United this season. So he obviously doesn't like the boy. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I think, uh, as Greg says, there's no card prices out yet, but I, I'd quite fancy him. I always think Martin Boyle's a real 
a real problem for every team yeah. in there. So I think he'll yeah. be much certainly marked out for some special treatment, shall we say. So I think Jamie Robson to get a card would be a good shout in this one. I think both sides pick themselves, to be fair. I think United, as they've said, Miss Seacreason, he's a massive, massive miss. He's essentially single-handedly, pardon the pun, has probably won United about 10 points this season. He really has. Um, and I, I think the Hibs uh, side will contain, obviously, Boyle and this bit in Dodge. So quite a formidable strike force there. A big loss for Hibs, though, is Gogic. Uh, he's suspended. He was sent off in the quarterfinal v Motherwell. So I'm fairly certain it's going to be a direct swap for Holberg um, for him to come in. Um, looking at the card markets itself, I also like the look of Robson. Dev. I think he's a great shout, especially against um, Boyle, as you say. Callum Butcher is United's most booked player. He's been booked nine times this season. And when you look, look across the Hibs team, uh, Newell's got nine. Um, Gogic obviously suspended. He was in seven. So I think there's probably a corner, a corner in cards potential here. But I think in terms of cards, Newell and Butcher both look strong as well. So I think there's going to be a couple of nice bet borders for Sunday's match, Saturday's match, sorry. But ultimately, we're still waiting for prices. Yeah, it just looks as if we're a wee bit ahead of the game in terms of the, the pricing. But, well, yeah, just ahead of the bookies this time um, in terms of them getting the markets up. But uh, that's certainly a few good ideas that you've thrown in there for certainly cards markets. And as you say, with there not being that many games in Scotland, a bet builder might be might be tempting for quite a, a few people to sit down and watch this game on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that's probably the approach I'll take. I'll probably put up, obviously, my corners bet's going to be the main bet in the mismatch. But definitely going to put some thing up on the card front and that could be a double or a treble using Div's um, Robson booking and Callum Butcher along with Neil. Yeah. Okay, doke. On to the main event on Sunday and it is Mirren v St. Johnston. St. Johnston obviously League Cup holders, chance to win a historic Cup double. Greg, uh, St. Mirren last won the last win the Scottish Cup in 1987. Famously, Ian Ferguson scored the winner, Div. That's right, yeah. Back, uh, back in the day. Um, I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have hair back then? Uh, I did, but I think I was 15 at the time, so um, it was beginning to kind of even go at that stage. I think I was slicking <laughs> it back, you know, kind of one of them, trying to pretend <laughs> it wasn't happening. But. Only a man with a full head of hair would ask that question of you. <laughs> it's absolutely shocking. Uh, so, yes, we're in going for their fourth Scottish Cup. Uh, last piece of silverware was in 2013, David. So, okay, yeah. yeah, again, another massive, massive game for each of these two teams. They must be looking at their semi-final as well at the moment and, and thinking, you know, we've got a right opportunity here to add some silverware to their list of honours. Um, who is going to come out and talk? David, I'll let you go first. Thank you. <laughs> Greg, you I'll let what? you go I first. Think, <laughs> I actually, I said to Greg uh, after the, the, the Kelly game, we I watched the, the quarter-final with about 12 boys, and the one team we didn't want in the semi-final was St. Johnson. And uh, you'd have kicked yourself two years ago if somebody had said that would be the team you wanted to avoid, you'd have laughed. Do you know what I mean? It's... It is one of those things. I think my head says, I look at the form, I look at everything about St. Johnson just now, and it says St. Johnson will probably beat us 1-0 because they always beat us 1-0. Um, they're just, they seem to be able to do no wrong. I mean, even rested half their team last weekend, still go to Hibs and win. And they just, 
And I also think I find them I think they're a little bit dangerous because they have won the League Cup and I think that takes a massive a lot of a lot of pressure off them um going into this. It's almost it's never a free hit in a semi final. Of course it's not. But I think having got that silverware already in the bank, it makes them really dangerous. Whereas we've you know, we to use that phrase again, we definitely shut the bed against Livingston in the semi uh, of the League Cup and Goodwin has gone on and on and on and on about it and about wanting to make amends and everybody wants us to make amends and of course we can beat St Johnson but I think it's a big ask um, but my heart says of course we will beat them um, because, and I'm never going to speak to Greg again if St Johnson beat us that is a promise I've went round the houses there and sat on the fence and everything but I, I, I think it'll be such a close game when you look at um, Games, the games between these two, 11 of the last 12 games have had under two and a half goals. Um, St. Johnson are not exactly renowned for scoring a lot of goals. We are not renowned for scoring many goals. It's hard to see this being a goal fest, but as I say, one thing Goodwin has said continually, we will have a go in this semi-final. So I expect a much more attacking performance than we saw against Livingston, but I'm not convinced that that's necessarily a great idea against the St Johnson side because they they seem to soak up pressure at Ibrooks, no bother. They seem to do it uh, in the semi-final against Hibs earlier this season, no bother and still get goals. Um, so we'll wait and see. But um, as I say, my, my head says it's a big ass, but my heart says no bother. Um, a scrappy 1-0, something 1-1 will do me just fine. Greg, are you going to be more committal than David in terms of who's going to win it? Possibly. Um, I've seen St Johnson play in, what, 14 cup semi-finals, maybe, maybe more than that, actually. And more often than not, we always get drawn against the top seed. So we played Rangers, we played Celtic, we played Aberdeen, we played Hibs. And this is probably the first time we've gone into a Scottish Cup semi-final as favourites. And coming into this match, obviously we beat Rangers in the last round, which was just phenomenal. Um, obviously most people will have seen the, the clips of Xander Clark's go-bound header, maybe not go-bound but it was heading that, in that direction <laughs> um, in the what, the second minute of extra time and inju- in, um, extra time and to win in penalties so that was a massive result um, absolutely delighted to really taint Ranger season this year, really take the gloss of what they've achieved which is even better and that's how fickle um, football fans are and I'm, I'm no different you're as fickle um, as they come. Yeah, I really am, yeah. <laughs> but looking at our form, though, it's just tremendous, isn't it? We've only lost three of our last 21 games. Madness. That's, that's Rangers form. That's title form, really. Obviously, you could throw a few draws in there. Uh, but even the last seven games, win, 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 draw, win, draw, win. Um, and that's with Callum Davison making some changes. Mm-hmm. So we are riding the crest of a wave at the moment. It's been a phenomenal season. We've obviously pipped St Mirren to top six. And I can't not have the <sighs> bring that up. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> you brought uh, it up about the last four weeks and I've not been going. <laughs> well, I'll stop when the season's finished. Um, and obviously we've won the, the, the League Cup. So I think Callum Davison has played the mind games a little bit by saying there's no pressure on Saints as we've already won a cup. And to be fair, he's probably not wrong in that, in that aspect. Um, St Mirren will definitely want to make amends for the Livingston game um, and that, as they've said, that's a real regret I think for Goodwin, that they didn't progress there yeah. um, and they played a, a Livy side at that time 
Livy were going through their great patch, weren't they? Livy were in great form going into that final and in a good run. But it was a one-off match and ultimately uh, done by one goal um, and missed an opportunity for another, another final. So Saints are 75, St. Johnson, sorry, are 75, <laughs> and they're 2-1. to Dev um, and I spoke about this match in terms of a betting angle, and it's so difficult. I really don't see this being an, uh, a game for the purists. Um, it will likely be a scabby 1-0, hopefully for St. Johnson. Um, don't expect many goals. I think the teams themselves, though, pick themselves. Uh, Dev can, can speak about his side, but I think for us, um, we'll have the wall, and the wall will be McCart, <laughs> Kerr, and um, Liam Gordon. Those back three have been phenomenal this season. Um, in terms of betting angles and opportunities here, I think a couple of angles possibly. Um, Willie Collins are F, so that always perks people up when they hear he's in charge. Spoons well for cards. What you tend to find with Willie Collum is it can go one of two ways. He could book 15 players and have three men sent off, or there's no bookings at all. There's no midway with him. So with it being a cup semi-final and what's at stake, I think both sides have got plenty of candidates. We've got McCann, who's been booked seven times. Liam Craig leads away with nine. Um, McCart's got five. Liam Gordon's got five. David Witherspoon's got six. There's probably a good few St. Mim players as well, who you would call it for a card. Who are your main card guys then? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think cards is, is the angle here. And Willie Collum is average, you know, actually slightly less than Bobby Madden, 2.8 yellows a game, but he's shown eight reds in 42 games. And there's been two red cards in the three meetings of these two teams this season. And in fact, three red cards in the last four meetings of these two teams over the last two seasons. So with St Mirren, you're looking at Jake Doyle Hayes, He's had seven yellows this season. He actually has only been booked once in his last quite a number of games, but I think he's definitely, he's he's always in and in about it in the middle of the park, and I think that'll be quite a war of attrition in there a wee bit, so I, I definitely expect him to pick up a card. Then you're looking at some of the younger ones, if they play Ethan Erehon, Cammy McPherson. Cammy definitely won't start, um, so he probably rules him out. Ethan can't really see him starting uh, on Sunday. So I, I think GDH, as we call him, Jake Doyle Hayes would be my stick on something play for a card. Um, but I do also like, because Willie Collum is the ref, I think he's more likely to give a penalty than send somebody off. And I think Jamie McGrath, our top scorer by an absolute country mile to be 5.5, sorry to use my decimal language, 5.5. 11 to 2, that's right. 11 to 2. any time for our penalty taker and set-piece specialist and all-round top goal scorer by an absolute mile is is very generous, if you ask me. Um, albeit I accept that we don't score many goals as it is and St. Johnson don't concede many. I still think that's worth a wee nibble, uh, to be fair, and I will be having a little go on that. I think it's a really good shout, and I think watching the the quarterfinal against Kilmarnock, both winning goals came from set pieces. It was a late free kick into the box, which Shaughnessy scored the header from, and obviously you got a penalty late on in extra time to take it to penalties. Yeah, so yeah. it's not a bad shout. I think from St Johnson's perspective, in terms of goal scorers, I think look no further than Sean Rooney. Now Sean Rooney plays right of the five at the back, but he scored four times this season four bullet headers but what's really compelling is he has scored in his last two trips to Hamden with St Johnson he scored the winning goal in the final against Livingston in the League Cup 
from a corner, a header, and he also scored a bullet header against Hibs in the semi-finals. He's twenty to one to score first. So I, I think a set piece could be the difference between the sides at some point. And if there's going to be goals in this game, I would not be surprised to see them come from a set piece. And Sean Rooney at twenty to one looks a very tasty price. Yeah, again, we're a bit early for the card markets, aren't we? I don't think we should be early. It's Wednesday night. Um, games are Saturday, but we should get places, I'd hope, by tomorrow, Thursday at the latest. OK, so no one's really... Well, Greg, you're kind of edging <laughs> towards 75 St Johnson, aren't you? Let's face it. Yeah, if I was to pick a winner in this match, I would have to go with St Johnson just for loads of reasons. Yeah, and I think Deb is edging towards 75 or St Johnson. He just won't admit it publicly. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'll take uh, a win in penalties, um, whatever price that is. When, if we get to penalties, we'll win because Jack Anik's sensational. Better than uh, Xander Clark. I don't know if your heart could take that. Uh, I would t- I'll take no. it now, to be honest. If you offered me penalties just now, I would take it. We're pretty good at penalties. Um, so, um, yeah, I would take that. I just I can't bear another 1-0 defeat to St. Johnson. It just would break my heart. And as I say, I'll, I'll never speak to Greg again. So, right, you better enjoy get your, get your uh, money on 1-0 St. Johnston, 6-1. <laughs> so, this could this could be Div's last appearance on the, the Gambler betting podcast. Uh, <laughs> should should <laughs> no, sit no, on Pie Bubble Twitter. Don't you That's worry. true. <laughs> <laughs> your, your fans can still stay in touch. Okay, I think we've uh, covered the Scottish Cup semi-finals in enough detail. We'll have a wee quick run through of where we're at with the playoffs. David, you're probably best to explain the situation with the playoffs because my head's spinning with all the different kind of permutations and stuff like that. Um, the Championship playoff, playing for a place in the Premiership, uh, we we're at the kind of beginning stage of that. Wraith Rovers and Dunfermline drew 0 0. They play again on Saturday with Dundee awaiting the winners of that tie. Uh, yeah, to, to be pedantic, this is a Premiership playoff, yeah. not a Championship playoff. But yeah, it is the Premiership playoff quarter final. So Wraith Dunfermline drew 0 0 last night. They play again Saturday at Kirkcaldy. Um, that will go to extra time and penalties if it's a draw after 90 minutes. And the winner of that plays Dundee. Uh, at home on Wednesday before going to Dens Park next Saturday that's in the semi-final and then the winner of that would play either Ross County, Hamilton or uh, Comarque who, whoever finishes 11th in the Premiership Clear as mud <laughs> <laughs> That one is fairly fairly clean and fairly clear uh, Any thoughts on who's likely to progress? I know you're saying it's likely to, Are you saying it's likely to go all the way? Um, well, actually, Wraith beat Dunfermline 5-1 at the end of March um, um, and they drew two all at Kirkcaldy early in the season. We're 2-0 up uh, till late on. So, but Wraith seem, I don't know what's happened to Wraith, they seem to have really gone off the boil just the last few weeks. Um, I watched a bit of their game against Hearts on Friday and they were a shambles. Because um, mm. so they were excellent. They were excellent that night. Yeah, that they, was on the they, telly, wasn't it, when they beat Dunfermline? That's right. And they were full of, kind of, you know, they were very gallows, playing some great stuff, scoring plenty of goals. And I think at home they are they're a tough outfit to beat normally mm-hmm. for Cody, but Hearts turned them over 4 nothing last week. And bear in mind, that was Wraith had to get something there to try and you know avoid this game and, and get straight into the semi-finals. So they had plenty of incentive and they just didn't look up for it at all. So I don't know if they're maybe running out of steam a little bit. 
Dunfermline are a basket case. I would never touch this actually. To be honest, I wouldn't even touch. Wouldn't even touch this for goals or anything. I, I have no idea how this one's going to turn out. Do you see anything in Brace Dunfermline or Dundee being able to take on whichever Premiership team that they're going to face in the playoff and make that leap up to the Premiership? Or is... I, think, I think Dundee have got, have got the players to definitely. T- to do it and they're in reasonable form to be fair so um, I wouldn't rule out Dundee you know causing real problems for, for any of those other three clubs I still got a funny feeling I think Kilmarnock could be alright I think Kilmarnock could beat St Mum a week on Wednesday and that'll probably be enough uh, for them um, Hamilton have obviously they're playing Ross County and Kilmarnock so it's completely in their own hands so it's going to go right to the wire I mean that was an unbelievably bad weekend for Kilmarnock just past they couldn't have you couldn't have picked worse results than, than what happened. Yeah. Um, but I still think I think they'll have too much for St Mon on Wednesday. Um, and I think that'll probably be enough for them. Aki's Ross County, you can toss a coin there. Yep. Greg, any thoughts on this race Rovers Weed and Fairman game at the weekend? Or are you pretty no, much it's just too hard to call? Really horrible game to be fair. A horrible, horrible match. It'll be no nil, nil nil and probably one nil on penalties. Um, <laughs> not looking forward to it at all. I don't think either side's in decent form either, as they've said. Um, but I, I don't think they'll be good enough to take on Dundee with two legs. I think Dundee have got goals in them. And despite not being that great at the back, Dundee, I think Dundee will outscore either of them. Mm-hmm. So I'll be really keen to see what price we can get on Dundee come next Wednesday and on Saturday. The problem you've got is on, on the Wednesday night match, Dundee might go to either... Um, Dunfermline or Wraith and be happy with a draw mm-hmm. um, I'm sure they won't be but it's always a bit nervous first leg affairs um, but I still expect Dundee to take care of them in the second leg at home Yeah. so I'll be all over that coming yeah, keep an eye on that one yeah. okay speaking of first leg affairs we've got two in the what we call a championship playoff David yeah, uh, so where yeah. we've got <laughs> Cove Rangers of League 1 v Airdrionians of League 1 and we have Unbelievably, Montrose of League One against Championship side Morton, who finished second bottom uh, on goal difference. Um, and just on that point, I would say hats off to Air, but particularly hats off to Dick Campbell's or both um, for managing to sustain their stay in the Championship. Absolutely brilliant achievement, um, superb. Um, I think their role story is just magnificent. I, th- I like yeah. the I like everything about the club. I like the way they play the game. I like Dick Campbell. Everything about the club, just brilliant. Uh, great story. Yeah, for me, Stuart Peaty is probably one of the selections for managers of the season in Scottish football. What he's done at Montreux is, is quite remarkable. Um, and to do it in the way that did it last night, to score that late, late goal, and to see, obviously, Falkirk lose a late goal at Airdrie, uh, it's thoroughly deserved and really pleased to see them up there. And they've got a chance. They really, they really do have a a, a chance. Um, this Morton side, I don't really. They're not great, are they? They really struggled in the championship. Uh, Gus McPherson's come in. They, they don't score enough goals. I think I commented on them two weeks ago when they ruined my nap record. <laughs> um, sure, that yeah. They've only scored two goals in what six of twenty-five games in all competitions this season. So goal, scoring goals is a real struggle. And I, Montreux scored a lot of goals, but they concede goals as well. But I could see this being a, a tight affair. Um, there's probably not a lot between the sides. So obviously, Gunnett Morton being 
um, full time and being a championship side, they would be favourites to progress. But a really tricky one to call. Yeah, I think the temptation is always to go with the team that's got the momentum. Um, Montrose have just beaten Falkirk. Um, they've beaten Partick Thistle. And they go into the game off the back of two really, really good wins. I can't imagine how euphoric they must have been last night when the results came through. So I think they, they're possibly in a really good position here, um, especially in this first leg, which is at home. Yeah, I, I think uh, this Gus McPherson will absolutely spoil this game. He is the master <laughs> at spoiling a football match. So I think he'll be thinking if he can take his Morton team up to Montrose, and come away with a draw. I mean, Morton have, lo- have drawn the last four games. Um, I think he'll be quite happy with a 0-0 up there and take them down to Greenock and, and they'll probably have too much for them in Greenock. I think Montrose's only chance is to win on Saturday mm. um, because they are they are reasonable at home. Um, and they, as Greg says, they tend to score a lot and concede a lot, but I just cannot see that happening in this game. I think, as I say, Gus will absolutely, it'll be a horrible, horrible game. Um, <laughs> think think if, if Greg thinks the Fell and Wraith will be horrible, this one will be an absolute certificate 18. <laughs> uh, be, Gus will use every trick in the book. Uh, be- I would not be surprised to see this finish 0-0. <laughs> Between the, the St Mirren St Johnson game, the Raith Rovers and Fairman game, and Montrose v Morton, we're not exactly doing a great job of selling Scottish football in the podcast. Well, I this think week. The flip side of that, I think there'll be goals at Cove Rangers v Airdrie. Um, I think that'll be a really good game. Um, I think Airdrie have an, an amazing form. Um, they beat Cove last last weekend up there, actually, albeit I think Cove probably had a lot less at stake than, than Airdrie maybe did. Mm. But Cove have only failed to score in one home game this whole season, and that was that one. Um, Airdrie have scored two or more in seven of the last eight games and only lost one of the last nine games, which is away at Patrick Thistle, who obviously, as Greg knows full well, are absolutely unstoppable. Um, so I think that would be a decent game. I quite like the look over two and a half goals in that, and just over evens. I think that's a, a reasonable shout. Um, but it's hard. These games are hard. You always think it'll be a bit cagey. Um, but I, I just can't see those two teams being too cagey uh, on Saturday. So I think that would be a decent one. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a remarkable story if, if Cove managed to come up through the playoffs, wouldn't it, Greg? It would. I mean, you did do well this season in League One, but I don't think anyone would have thought with, what, two or three games to go, they had a chance of going up as champions. Mm. I, I don't know if that's more to say about how bad Thistle and Falkirk have been, but to be up there part-time... Um, is really outstanding and Paul Hartley can be very pleased with how the season's been but they'll obviously want to do their utmost to try and get up to the championship and if that was the case and it's, it's some story isn't it yeah so yeah I, I guess you're not going to disagree too much with David's take on there being goals in that one no it looks tea for goals it really does um, obviously podcast friend Mitch Meganson he'll probably score to himself <laughs> Yeah, hope you're listening, Mitch. Um, Got a mention on the podcast again. Well done. Uh, Okay, the League One playoff sees Elgin v Edinburgh, and that's one half of the semi final. Is that right, David? The other half's yet to be determined because Clyde play East Fife tomorrow night, Thursday night, and Clyde can still avoid the playoffs if they win, and it would see them Barton take their place. Yeah, that's right. They play five tomorrow, so a Clyde win uh, will mean them Barton will drop into the playoffs. A Clyde defeat or a Clyde draw tomorrow means that they'll go in and they'll play Stringra on Saturday. But um, I think there's a reasonable opportunity tomorrow night. Actually, again, you look at 
he cleared at home to East Fife, cleared, as I say, fighting for their life, need a win at home against an East Fife side who have got their flip-flops on, who have conceded two or more goals in eight of their ten away games this season and haven't kept a clean sheet away from home all season uh, in the league. Um, and Clyde have scored in seven of the last eight at home. So I think there's a reasonable shout of of Clyde either scoring a couple of goals or at least winning this game. And, and both of those are priced at 2.37, which I think is a reasonable opportunity tomorrow, to be fair. Yeah, yeah I go yeah. with that as well. I think uh, Dev and I spoke this morning about this match. And he said these five away from home aren't great. They do most of their good work at home. Clyde do have David Goobilly probably one of the best players in the league and I th- I can see Clyde getting the result here which would see them Barton placed in our We've said this a lot on the podcast Greg. I think we probably expected a lot more from Clyde this season didn't Clyde we? Clyde have been terrible this season I must yeah. admit they have been absolutely shite haven't they? They really, really have <laughs> um, They were in a position at one point where they could have been challenging the playoffs but they, they really struggled I know they played well to be fair everyone played a million games didn't they? in March and April so there's no excuses in that front but they did play a couple of games more through the Scottish Cup mm-hmm. uh, progression um, and it's just been a terrible terrible season I think for them to stay up would be an absolute result <laughs> Absolutely and um, David's mention of East Fife and our flip-flops reminding me of a, a tweet that you put out today David just commending I suppose the World League teams in Scotland and um, their determination to get oh, this absolutely. season played and um, you know, as hats off to everyone, all the players and everyone concerned with all the clubs that we managed to have a competitive season at all. Unbelievable when you when you think you know the amount of weeks they they, they missed um, to have got through the amount of games they have. Great credit to them, and and I think the split has been a great success. To be fair, I think it's been excellent. Yeah. Been some un- unbelievable drama. I mean, you saw that last night, as I said, right down to the last minute in games, mm-hmm. uh, everything was up in the air. Um, so I think it was it was a great success and we should celebrate these things in Scottish football. Absolutely. Do you think that's something that they'll consider as a permanent fixture? Uh, I, doubt, I doubt it. I think the problem comes with the team sitting out. It, it, it leaves itself open a wee bit. You know, when you've got a team sitting at home uh, in the last weekend of the season, it opens you up to a disgrace of Gihon uh, type scenario. <laughs> um, so... A disgrace of Peter Head or whatever it is, but I think I love splits. I love the split in the Premiership. I think it's one of the best things about our game. But in the lower leagues, I think it would it would only be there as part of some sort of reconstruction. To, uh, yeah. Let's let's not get into reconstruction. That's a, diff- that's a different podcast. Let's face it. Um, okay, just wrapping up on uh, the League One stuff. Then the game on Saturday is Elgin v Edinburgh. Any thoughts on this one, David? Uh, I had a quick look at it. Um, I mean, Edinburgh have, have, have beaten Elgin all three times they've played this season. Um, but I think they've only won one of the last four games, and that was against Elgin. Elgin have won three of their last four. It's a no bet for me. I've absolutely no idea. You may get some goals in it, I guess, but uh, it's, it's too hard for me to get my head around those two. Craig? Yeah, I think goals for me in this match. Um Elgin have, to be fair, had a really good season. I, I keep saying about Gav Price and the job he's done up there, but he has done a really good job at Elgin. And a really well, a real run well club, run well club, well run club. <laughs> and I think at the start of the season, we always said that Edinburgh City would be the main challengers to um, Queen's Park. Yeah. However, that said, all three sides, what, 
Edinburgh City, Elgin, Stranraer, all finished in the same points. Is that right this season? That's right. I don't right. know what the yep. final team was, but it was pretty close, yeah. So there's absolutely nothing between the sides. Mm-hmm. But I, I think for me, across the two legs, I would probably expect Edinburgh City to, to progress. I think there's got maybe a little bit too much quality, possibly. But I do think we could see goals here. Yeah. And the way Elgin started their last two or three games, I think they were 4 0 up after what? 20 minutes last week. And they were 2 0 up on Saturday. After yeah, they started games really well. They were 3 0 up in Sonar after nine minutes or something like that. So they're out the blocks fast. Days so. To get there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's interesting to see um, what sort of price we'll get for over 2.5 goals here. I've not priced it up yet, but I'll certainly be looking at it. OK, and last but not least, in Scotland on Saturday, we have an intriguing match. I guess the first leg probably gave us a, a fair idea how this is likely to go, but it's Kelty v Brora Rangers for the chance to play Brecon um, to get into the Scottish League 2. Kelty took a 2-0 lead last night in this tie, and I believe they missed two early first-half penalties as well. They did. I really actually a bit annoyed I missed this game. Um, Kelty were 7-4 to, to win it. And obviously, in hindsight, um, that was a tremendous price. Yeah. I just felt for me that Kelty have got a lot of players who played senior football. Um, they've spent a lot of money. They've got guys like Kevin Hickenbottom playing for them. Dylan Easton's a cracking player. He really should have played at a higher level. I don't know what happened to him. He was at St Johnston. He could have played championship. Just never really worked out for him. But he's done a great job at, at Kelty. And they're 13-10 to 10 to win on, on Saturday. Now, they are 2-0 up, but um, I would still expect them to go and win that match. Yeah, I think also, with this, this obviously isn't the final playoff game um, for Kelty, they would then have to go and play against Brecon. And I just, I know there's the argument that they're already 2-0 up, but they don't need to win. But momentum is such a key factor in football that I think if given the opportunity to go and win a game, you go and win it. You know, to set yourself up for the next one. So I wouldn't be scared off with that thirteen to ten just on the basis that they're, they're already two 0 up. Would you think? No, I, I would totally agree with that. I think in a final, a semi final like this, I mean, Brora, I've got to go for it. It goes without saying. And so, but so factor that leaves going to leave them open to conceding goals. So I, I would definitely take Kelty. I think they're a great price uh, to win this game, um, and certainly to to be even. Over two and a half goals in this game looks an absolute stick on, but I don't think they're a great price in that. Yeah, I think as well, they'll, um, you've got to fancy if Kelty do progress, you have to fully fancy them to to see off breaking. Yeah. Um, so it'll be really fascinating to see what price we can get for Kelty. Uh, I think what we can probably be assured will, will be it'll be um, odds on. But well, yeah, is that over a two legs, David? Yeah. Uh, the the final against Breakins over two legs, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, who would be fir- Bre- first at home? Breakins Bre- 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 haven't won a game at home in about two years. So, <laughs> I don't think it really Doesn't makes make that much difference. difference. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll keep an eye out for that. Okay, uh, I was going to ask for a recap. Should we have one, Greg? Because I'm not sure that we've committed to any particular bets this week. Well, I think when we spoke about doing this podcast this week, there wasn't much on, but given, obviously, the, the huge clubs that are involved in the, the semi-finals, we're still doing. So, I think we can do a recap. I think in terms of the Hibs match we done right on Saturday at four o'clock, I'm very keen on Hibs team corners. Um, most likely over 4.5 and 5.5 and Hibs to win the corner count. But again, no markets at the moment. And I'm also keen on probably two or three players to be booked. So I do fancy Butcher for United and Newell for 
Hibbs. I think Irvin Jackson's also quite good for a booking too, to be fair. He's picked up quite a few bookings since he came in a few months ago. Um, and also, I like to look at Div's one on Robson to be booked for United. So that's my best for the United game. In terms of St Johnston, probably cards. Um, keen to see what price we can get on over 3.5 match cards. I think that'll come in. And I'll probably have a little wager on Sean Rooney, first goal scorer at 20 to 1. David, any bets from you this weekend then? Uh, I'm certainly not putting any money in Sean Rooney, Sean Rooney scoring. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Even uh, at 20 no, to 1? Yeah, I definitely. Well, see, that's the thing. If I see that coming out on the channel, I can't really ignore it, but I'm certainly not. If that comes put in, that Dave, I will piss myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think. Definitely, Jamie Robson. I'm going to be having a wee nibble on him getting books once that price comes out. I think definitely corners at Hamden on Saturday, and I think Jamie McGrath uh, to score any time is a is a really good shout on Sunday. Um, so yeah, I'll be having a wee nibble on them, and they'll definitely fancy that Kilty Hearts shout as well. Yeah, I think so. And just before we get any letters, do people still send letters? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to point out that it's Jackson Irvin that plays with Hibs, Greg, not Irvin Jackson. I know it's oh, dead easy. It's dead easy when you get when you get two surnames for your name. It's always uh, very tempting to mix them up. Uh, okay, great stuff, guys. Thanks very much. Uh, that's us for this edition of the Scottish podcast. It just remains for me to thank you for listening and to wish both of you guys the best of luck in the semi-final this weekend. And may the best team win. Thanks yes, very thank much. You. Good luck. All the best, Greg. <laughs> <laughs>